Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Between Realities VR podcast. It is great to have you with us. I finished eating an apple literally the second before we went live. And he choked on it. I was right like, before we hit that button. Trying to swallow it like really quickly. And I got it down and then said hello to you it all. It was pretty funny. Yeah. It's like yeah. photo finish there. <laughs> eating an apple. That's what Skiva feeds me when we're here. Yep. Um, I'm Alex VR. Thank you for joining us. We've like assumed that everyone here is not their first time seeing the show. Right, right. right. <laughs> so if you're new here, uh, hey, thanks for joining. Uh, I'm Alex VR. And I'm Skiva. That's Skiva. Yeah. This is going to be the new thing. I know. Yeah. 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 Kind of a thing. Yeah, that's the yeah. new thing. I used mm. to say Skiva's name for him. But now, yeah, sometimes now, I forget my name. So yeah, he's now, already always there for me. So you're, you're going to own you know. your, yourself. <laughs> right. It's really started with Backseat VR developer though, because like that's yes. when it's like the sign off is yeah. when that kind of, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, which is a great show by the way. So it's coming back this coming week. Is that when it's coming back? I don't know. So, so yeah, there was, we did two test episodes on upload VR's YouTube channel of Backseat VR developer, where we play VR games with the developers who made them and i think it's really cool i mean if i wasn't on the show i would right. definitely watch well, and it here's so the go thing. check it out we're not even really <laughs> playing with them we're playing and they're yeah. watching right so they're they being, watch yeah. me and they're like giving you know commentary yep. as what they're watching it's it's fun. right um yep. and that's on upload which by the way uh yes. we are official upload vr correspondents yes yeah we jumped into bed with uh kyle and Harry. It's a very nice bed. It's, it's very comfy. It's nice. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're trying to make it more it's comfy. It's really not that comfy. Yeah, we're trying to make it more comfy. It'd be nice if it was more comfy. But uh, there are worse beds to be in. Yes, this is for sure. There are worse yes. beds to be in. Um, well, thank you all for being here. We are live. It's Friday. And maybe you're watching this uh, on upload after the fact, or maybe you're catching it on you know Anchor or Spotify or whatever. But uh, we do a live show on Fridays, yeah. and this is where you want to be on YouTube. Um, and we're here. Diego Darko, the super fat game cat, fuzzy bollocks. Um, Word. First in the chat, but he didn't stay for the show. Can you believe that? Listen, if what? you're going to stay for the show, people. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Alex he, choked on an apple for you, and you just couldn't even be here? And I just burped, wow. I just burped up Unreal. a little bit of the apple, too. <laughs> Uh, he says, have a sweet-ass episode, guys. I'll catch it in the AM. Nice. That's nice. lovely. Well, That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for watching it not live. <laughs> Although that really does mean a lot to me because I don't watch podcasts when they're not live. Well, a majority of our viewers watch this after the fact. Yeah, that's crazy. The vast majority. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I experience and thank it you live. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. I've never, I've never seen a pre. That's not true. No, we have we seen have. pre-recorded versions. Yeah, Man, we're yeah. we're, Jeez, we're loosey goosey today. I know. Um, I know. Mike Newton says the weekend. Yes. Goddamn right, Mike Newton. Yes. The weekend. That's what I'm talking about. Classy grandma's here. It's time to fly hey, in the VR. Classy grandma. I'm glad classy grandma's joined the I know, me too, realities right? fold. Uh Duggars K ready for action. That's right, baby. What's up? Mr. Tasselhoff. Hello all. Hey. What's up, dude? How's it going? Wrestle VR. What's happening, VR homies? I have not forgotten about you, Wrestle. Teespring is Teespring was broken for a, a bit. Nightmare. I just got it working again like yesterday or the day before. So we'll I'm sending you a link yes. today. We're going to do the thing. After the show. The thing. Obscure coming. Nerd VR. That's Andy, Andy Southern. What's up, buddy? What's up, bro? Good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Eat coin to the future. Greetings, who-mans. Are you a who-man? I, I kind of am. I'm Doctor Who fan. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. That, that was good. That'll work. That's fine with me. Um, 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 Creeper Betty PSVR. Hi, hey, Betty. Mwah, Thank you for up? being here, darling. Um, Dream Tango. Yo, thanks for tuning in. Hey. Dream Tango developed a uh, VR game 
that is inspired by stuff like astral projection and things like that. Oh, and wow. sent me a link to it, and I was like, hey, we talk about that astral kind of stuff projection. on Between Realities. Yeah. Yes. And uh, now yes. Um, Dream Tango has been watching episodes and is catching up. And awesome. now it's here for a live show. I'm so. excited to try that because that is... I'm really into that kind of stuff, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll hook you up with them. Nice. Moby's Gaming made it in time. Yeah, baby. Yes, what's yeah, up? What's happening? Yes, you did. Andy's VR Reviews. What up, guys? Good to see you, dude. Hey, hey, hey. Chai Town D. What's up, people? D. It's good to see you, D. Lamfords is here. Hi, all. Woo, Friday. That's right, baby. Word. Lamfords. Lamfords. <laughs> that's the first time I've said your name, Lamfords. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. Dark Angel 3. Hey, Dark Angel. How's it Dark going? Dark Angel's here. Oh, is that Mepper? It's Mepper. Mepper, the homie. Good to see you, Mepper. Oh, Florian Firenberg. Oh. He says, hey there, can't the stay because well. it's too late. Uh, I just want to say hi, and I'll rewatch the episode tomorrow. Dude, that's all What's we can up, ever Florian? ask, babe. Thanks. But you could Thank just you. like leave it up like on your TV or like your computer and go to sleep. Yeah, so we get the watch time. There you and go. And then make a playlist of Between Realities episodes and run them 24 hours a day. <laughs> it's not ask, It's not asking that much. You know? Nah. Uh, Sampler 19's in the house. Sampler. Sampler hey 19. There. Good How's to it see going? you, man. Thanks for being here. Mind Jive. Hey, y'all. Hey. Good to see you. Mind Jive. Yes. <sighs> we should do some mind jiving today. I think we're going to. Yep. I think we are going to do some mind jiving. Thanks for being here and su supplying Oops. us with. <laughs> Too many buttons. I'm, I'm breaking all the things. This is insane. Sorry, I'm breaking the things. I'm fired again. This episode. Fire me again. <laughs> This, this this episode's already <laughs> off the rails. It was a fish of fun by mistake. I noticed this that. There's two uh, episodes in a row you've done that. I know. So I don't think we're... All right. Okay. So anyway, okay. listen. Uh, yeah. We have a guest, yep. okay? We do. <laughs> because I don't know if you've seen this show before, yeah. but we always have guests. We and do. It really makes this show amazing. Mm -hmm. I love bringing in new people to have conversations with every time. Yes. Um, Agreed. Yes. Today, we are joined by a man who is responsible for a pretty unique... Um, what is this like a peripheral or a hardware device? Like, what would you? Uh, it's a hardware device, yeah, a peripheral that uh, gives you haptic responses to different things without the use of gloves and stuff. Yeah, we'll let then, we'll yeah. we'll let him explain yeah. it, but it's you know it's some kind of weird trickery stuff that's going on. Yeah, the company cool. is called Emerge, and the product yeah. is called the Emerge Wave One. Joining us today is the co-founder and CEO of Emerge. Please say hello, everyone, to Sly Lee. What's up, Sly? Aloha, Alex Skiva. Good hey, to see y'all. You too, buddy. Aloha, brother. How are you doing? Doing great. It's good to see y'all in the virtual world as yeah. opposed to the real one. Although I, I prefer the real one, but it's yes. not a bad second. No. True, true. We'll take it. Yeah, and we did meet up with you over at GDC um, just a few months ago or last month or something like that. We've been to so many expos lately, but uh, that was a great conference. and It was awesome meeting you and, and demoing your product, and uh, it was great. Classic grandma says, is the guest the guy who you slammed the door on? <laughs> That's the one. Whoops. Yeah, we slammed it. He, he showed you and then he slammed By the door. accident. I was like, oh no. It was, <laughs> it was a whole thing. I was wondering what was happening. With yeah, that was, a, that, was, that was me accidentally pushing a button that I shouldn't have pushed. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is, listen, we're all about the immersion here on Between Realities. Right? Yes. We can't be breaking the immersion. <laughs> Arcanian, it's good to see you. Um, What's up, Arcanian? So, yeah, this is definitely cool, man. You know, and it's kind of interesting because so often we create relationships with people online, either mm -hmm. like Twitter mm -hmm. or in VR or whatever, and then we meet in person and, like, we have this great moment. But 
you were kind of touching on it. This is almost like a, a flipped and reversed one because we met for the first time in person and we had like mm -hmm. a meeting to meet you because we were covering stuff with upload and you were there demoing the Emerge Wave one. And mm -hmm. um, we got to talking and immediately we were like, yeah, we should we should dive in. We should have like a real yeah. conversation about some of this stuff. So um, I'm excited to get into it. Uh, but before we do, maybe you can just uh, say hello to our audience and give us a little bit of an introduction to Sly Lee and um, Emerge. Yeah, absolutely. And we're totally going to have a mind jive today. Um, really cool to see all of the engagement on the chat right here. I would definitely say the most engaged um, audience in a podcast I've ever done. So nice. kudos to you guys awesome. for creating an awesome community. Hey. Heck yeah. I think all great things start with just like a few people. You know really passionate people so this is pretty cool i'm excited to see what what um you know comes of this next but um <laughs> yeah hey everyone i'm slyly i'm actually sly spencer lee um in in the in the journey for for equal empowerment i took my wife's name she took my name that's nice. cool like, that's cool yeah awesome and you know it's you know it's funny <laughs> side note i just did that just to experience the pain of what it goes through to change your name the other parts didn't really matter so much, but I knew how painful it was, and it's very painful. <laughs> I don't suggest there it. Is just everyone keep your same thing. <laughs> so many unbelievably tough things that females have to go through that guys will just never get, you know? And it's uh, mm. and I'm so glad every day that I was born a man. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sly's, Sly's <laughs> a little bit quiet. If you can pull him up a little bit. Oh. Yeah, yeah we got a little bit, a little touch. And I oh, thank you, uh, Stephen. Absolutely. Yep, um, well, yeah, that's really cool. By the way, um, I, I assume your wife like loves you for that, right? Like she like sees <laughs> the effort that you put in and was like, okay, yeah, this guy's the real deal. <laughs> it definitely helped. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is a positive, uh, uh, maybe a result of the attribute by which she likes me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm grateful that she likes me um, and that she's an equal nerd. Uh, as well and, and actually oh man i never shared this this is so cool this would be the first podcast i share this on the second date we ever met we ever did had that was the day i actually knew we would be together for a long time um was when i put a vr headset on her and she spent three hours in vr yo it wow was, it, marry it, this that was, girl was, this was this was it yeah i married her nice. <laughs> as you can see so this was HTC Vive days, so it was wired, so you could have that type of engagement, you know, yeah. session. But it, I was like, what's happening? It was midnight, so it was midnight to 3 a.m. And she was and like, no, so I'm long. keeping this thing on. And I was like, Man. I fed her, I gave her a beer in VR to, to hydrate her, you know, during because she, she just <laughs> did the same thing, was over and over. Um, but she, she thought it was amazing, and we had a very early prototype of Emerge at that point. And she also loved that. So that's when I knew, okay, this is, this is someone special. So I've never actually shared that, that moment. Wow, um, that's super cool. You know, publicly. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So what's Emerge? Yeah. So yeah, enough about me. So Emerge is <laughs> a company based in LA that I co-founded with two other founders in 2015 out of this NASA Google X experiment, to be honest. And you know, we're not a VR company per se, but we definitely have been big believers in this space and just immersive tech from the very beginnings of this last wave. I won't, I won't say the beginnings of all time. It's been, it's been a long time ago, 50 years ago or so. But the concept of Emerge is a little bit unusual in that we did not start with a product concept, but as you can see, you know, on, on the screen right there is 
ultimately manifests in the product that enables you to physically feel stuff with your bare hands. The why, you know, you always need a good why behind anything, especially if something's really freaking hard. Is um, I didn't say the F word, Skiba. <laughs> <laughs> the why behind why are we creating touch in VR is we thought that human connection was the most important thing to us as humans and would be the most interesting problem for us to work on. And we just felt that just in general in 2015, we were pretty disconnected from loved ones, people that we care about, like how we could express ourselves online, how we could express ourselves to other people, understand our own emotions even. Understanding one another is incredibly hard. And I think the world felt that, and many people for the first time perhaps during the pandemic. Um, the manifestation of that vision was touch because touch we thought was is the holy grail a lot of people in in the space have been seeking for the last 50 years and it's never been achieved at the scale i think we were promised in in sci-fi any sci-fi novel really um and we thought that maybe it could be achieved if we slightly modify the goal or the question and so the question emerges seeking is actually not replicating touch of as we understand it as you know, these beings in this reality, but it's actually how do you create a level of touch that enables some emotional benefit in the virtual one? And I'd put another way, you know, replicating even like the texture of this cap and the hardness in that 3D geometry. This is really hard. And this is a really simple object. But mm-hmm. if you go about it from a technical perspective to just achieve this fidelity, it's it would be really hard. And I would say maybe not possible with today's sensors and technology. And people have tried, and there's some really great demos I have tried out there, but we said, well, what's the goal of feeling this cap? Maybe to sell you like a this kombucha or something or a juice. But when we think about why we want to feel touch, it's actually for an emotional connection. So for me to try to connect or bond with someone that I'm not physically with, either in the same physical space or physical time. And so that's why in our like mission statement, it's around creating presence over distance and time. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in, in, in something, you know, Skiva shared a, a tweet earlier, just promoting the show today. And you jumped in there with a comment because in the description, we said that this is creating haptics for hand tracking apps. And you were <laughs> like, yeah, well, I don't really like the word haptics. And I'm curious why you don't like the word haptics when we're when we're talking about this. Yeah, I just got to throw the contrarian perspective in there, you know. That's that's the key. But actually, this is why I really appreciate our chat, Alex, when we met in person and we had this conversation. I remember, which I'd never have had actually on that same level with anyone at a first meeting, and it was all around previous expectations. I personally feel that with every generation of like anything, like technology, humanity, like society, there's expectations put on us by the previous generations or paradigm. And I think haptics has, is what we're doing could be considered technically haptics. Yes. If you Google haptics, it is like we generate that. But I think the expectations around there in words and definitions shift over time, just like the word like irony has shifted. It's like people use it in a way that's not how it's intended mm-hmm. um, or like peruse is not used correctly and those definitions will probably change because of how we use them same with haptics i think haptics has so much history rich history and also baggage um, from previous attempts that what we're doing number one i really want us to free ourselves from those constraints because maybe we can do more 
than just replicating touch. And in fact, that is the goal, as I just mentioned, is not to replicate exact touch, but it's actually more around the closest word I can find, to be honest, and it's a terrible one, is synesthesia. Touch in isolation, not that interesting, to be honest, if you like, or at least to us, if, if you like close your eyes and someone pokes you on the shoulder, how do you feel? Well, it depends. Like, what's the context? Where are you? Who's touching you? Do you know them or not? And so really what we're doing is, is the combination. And um, it's not only the combination of visuals and audio and touch, but it's also like, what are new levels of human perception that are not possible yet? when you kind of free yourselves from these old, older definitions. And there's a lot of really interesting neuroscience that has been done over the last, say, 10 years on like people just sensing things and they just can't explain it mm -hmm. that don't really tie to any one of the senses. So, yeah, that's this, is good. this is good. We're going in a good direction now. And everyone's here. What's up, Guido7335? Hello, everyone. Good to see you, dude. And Mash Daddy Cool with the $5 super chat. That's right. All right. He says, yo, yo, yo. Thank you. I saw this at GDC, and it was absolutely incredible. And Sly was awesome to talk to. This technology oh, is amazing. Oh, thanks, Mash Daddy. That's Mash That's Daddy so Cool nice from Q2C Community. Amazing guy. Amazing channel. Amazing community. He's all right. Okay. I love him. <laughs> I do. No, we, we love you, dude. Um, so, yeah, dude. You're, we're going in a good direction here. You yep. know, one of the things. Oh, that and I just want to. I just want to call out uh, Dark Angel's comments. Really interesting, because yes, once you start thinking about how much touch influences our language, our emotions, our perception of place and being, it's like astounding. Like your mind will like exactly explode and, and uh, will be you know pushed to the max. And um, once you tear those apart, it's like kind of the classic, you know, five whys. Like why do we do this? It ends up like coming to the similar place i think is around like emotions that's like the ultimate manifestation of mm -hmm. touch so for me you know i i work with be haptics and i've done a lot of extra haptic stuff that a lot of people have not done you know and mm -hmm. one of the main things that i've really taken away from my experiences with haptics is the fact that all of them are implications or i don't know if that's the right word they they all imply something like it's not it's not that it's replicating the feeling of touch it's that it's implying that touch is happening and your brain does the rest of the work like i don't think obviously like the closest the closer we can get it to being yeah. lifelike the better but i don't think it's necessarily um i don't think it necessarily needs to be lifelike in order for us to start having more emotional attachment or more more emotional connections to the experiences that we're having you know um a lot of times, like just a little bit of a bump is enough to give you that confirmation. Like, yes, I touched it or yes, I did the thing or, or yes, that's, that was good. And you know, it's not like it feels like a gun is actually firing in my hands. It's implying that a gun is firing when the vest shakes and I pull the trigger. So mm. that's what I feel like is the potential of kind of what you're talking about. You know, like as we start to, in, um, to uh, like, uncover these new technologies and peel away some of the layers of them and, and take new approaches to how we apply haptics to experiences, I think we can find other ways to imply that connection and imply those touches that will allow us to have those kinds of experiences and those emotional connections to the experiences that you're Yeah, having. 100%. Yeah, now I remember you saying something similar when we met. I was, I was kind of like, oh, this is a great meeting of the minds here because it's, it's I've never heard anyone else say that besides emerge but this is fantastic because that means we're not the like lone crazy ones like off in the corner somewhere <laughs> yeah. that means actually the timing might be right for this 
which is really key, right? If you if you want a startup to be successful, timing matters a lot. So what does um, the emerge love, feel like? Yeah. So, um, well, you guys feel it, you felt it. So I'd love to hear your definition of it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I you would, attempt. but I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so hard, which is always why I love to ask other people. I found it impossible actually to fully explain what it feels like. The closest I'd come is like two definitions, maybe. Um, one is that it feels like what you expect a hologram might feel like, at least mm -hmm. me. I like that. If you if you picture Princess Leia coming in R two D two, that kind of pixelated hologram, and you reach out and you you gave her a little mini high five, <laughs> what do you expect <laughs> it's gonna feel like? Do you, or say we magnified her hologram right and you gave her a high five? Right, do you expect you that it would feel like this or like you know this? Probably not. You probably expect some level of dimensionality, three D construct, and enough pressure where you could like make out definitions of things like her hand, maybe the rough geometry, but you can like push through it if you were like went too far. But exactly like you said, Alex, your mind fills in the gaps. You have the right context. And you say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm having this interaction now. Your, your brain, our brains move so fast. You've already moved on to the next thing, like maybe the next topic of the, of the conversation. So that's the closest I can come like from a conceptual level, from an other conceptual level. I like to say it feels like combination of like the surface of a tennis ball and like energy <laughs> if you're <laughs> if stick it's with not the first calibrated one. <laughs> right it, it will feel like air but it actually in in the in the right calibration which requires some little tweaking um which gets easier over time it doesn't feel like air it actually shifts toward i think you guys might have felt it it at first some point felt like hey this feels like air and it's like whoa this doesn't feel like anything like i felt before it feels like energy like focused energy it does feel pretty <laughs> unique um, saying hi mm -hmm. to Wes, virtual strangers. What's up, dude? Hey, what's good up, to Wes? See you. And Eric Hartley, E minus, joining hey. in the chat today. What's up, Eric? Good Eric, to good to see you. How you doing? We love E Hartley. Yeah. E minus. Also, Absolutely. Um, also got to demo to Eric and chat with him um, at GDC. Nice. nice. Excellent. Um, um, oh, okay. So it feels to me, if I like, I love your hologram explanation, by the way. Just, lock, just end it there. Don't I don't know what that tennis ball thing is. We don't know that. <laughs> the hologram one was perfect. I think that is such a good way. Like imagining high fiving Leia and like what would it feel like if you high fived a hologram? That's like that's perfect. That is it, pretty good. I think it's really good. Yeah. If I was going to explain it, I'm glad you did first. For me, it's more of like it kind of feels like air, but it also feels like water. And it's like yes. water Whoa. made out of air. You know, it's that's like it like wild. rushes over your hand and it's like controlled, but it's not air because it's not like a fan blowing on you. So it's like mm -hmm. water that's rushing over your hands, but the water is made out of air. I love that definition. Like that's so zen. So I'm rewatching Avatar Last Airbender. Oh, it's my favorite show. Because my, my wife never has seen it, but she's so, this is why she's my wife. She's, she was down to watch it. She loves it now. And what you just said is, uh, is awesome. Water and air. You never hear those two in combination. It's usually water and fire, mm -hmm. right? The yin yang. That's so cool what you just said. Yeah, I appreciate that. Dude, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. Listen, I know this is a VR podcast, but for the next 30 <laughs> minutes, we're going to talk about Avatar. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But watch it, people. <laughs> I do agree. And after Skiva's definition, I want to ask what airbender, what, sorry, what bender do you think you are and what bender do you want to be? They're usually different. <laughs> That's pretty, you're right. Do you have a definition for what Emerge feels like? That's so. I think that uh, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. It's like, I mean, to me, it was like, um, like a hundred little super strong, very precise, like laser precision fans. 
<laughs> right, that kind of blew on those little tiny parts of your hand, like yeah. really, really strong or soft, depending on what was happening. But there were certain parts where there was like, like the water droplets and stuff that felt pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, but other things that's, you know, not so much. So it was very, it's very confusing to try to explain. Um, but it's still beta too. We're still learning. Yeah, sure. You know, one of the things that really got me excited about um, checking this out was there is a book that I really like called the memory engine, right? And this book is like a ready player one type book uh, written by Gary Walkton, a member of our VR community, immersed um, robot, immersed robot on Twitter, right? And this book is phenomenal. If you like ready player one, this is almost on par to ready player one. Right. But in this book there, he's, he's explaining how, how they get haptics to work without a suit. Right, because there's no, you know, there's, there's no Ooh. haptic suits, and they have units on the walls of 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 their VR rooms um, that are like your thing. They're just like the Emerge product. And so when I when I was reading about this before I met you, I was like, oh my god, this is just like the haptics in the Memory Engine. So I was like, really oh, wow. super stoked to come try this because this book and this book, I, I really love this book. I can't. I can't uh, suggest it enough to anyone out there that's into VR tech, which should be everyone I'm, listening I'm here. But. Definitely on my list to read. This is awesome. Yeah, Every sci-fi novel that's yeah. ever, at least that I've read, when yeah. it comes to touch, has limited their imagination to, you know, the obvious, which is mm -hmm. there's going to be reality, right, where suits and, and gloves solve certain problems. Right. But, um, you know, we're obviously trying to solve problems that they don't, they don't have the, the wearable function. So that's really cool. I'll definitely read that. Also, yeah, you I love it's the title, really, really good. The memory engine. Mm -hmm. We love the concept of memories. It's very powerful. Yeah, because this is so instead touch. of wearing a, a VR headset like in the first Ready Player One, they move more towards uh, brain computer interfacing VR, which is more mm. like Ready Player Two, which wasn't a very good book. Memory engine is way better than Ready Player Two. Light years, almost on par with Ready Player One. So I would highly suggest to go out and get that book for sure. And and there's an audio book too. So if you do want to listen to it, you can do that as well. So anyway, that's uh, why it really made me excited to try this. Because I list. see where this tech, this kind of showed me where that technology would be going in the future, right? Because really, who wants to slide into a suit every time you gear up for VR? We gotta put a headset on, we gotta grab our controllers, we gotta turn on all the stuff put on a haptic vest, put on some arms, a facial interface, like, or slide in a Tesla suit, which is like a wetsuit and it's not easy to put on, <laughs> right? Like who wants to do that? There's gotta be a better solution to this problem. Um, and I am glad that there are companies out there uh, and people like yourself that are trying to tackle this because we need suitless haptics. Yeah. The, um, the one of the greatest phrases, uh, I don't even know who said it at this point, is like the best technology is invisible. And mm. yes, I, I do. We do ascribe to that notion that the best tech that we will use most often will be the most invisible. Yeah, I mean, where's the internet? Can you take me to it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's like the most like the most amazing invention of point. all time. And like, where is it? Yeah. It's a great example. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. True. Yeah, I mean, it's almost almost tangible by our computers and our screens and looking at a web page and reaching out and touching the monitor in a way, I guess. Those are just representations. They are. They are. Just like, I guess, you could touch the unit that's creating these oh, haptics. Man. I don't know what else to call it if not haptics. Yeah, you got, so, you got a better word? On the show. I mean, if <laughs> listen, if you're going to tell us not to use the word, you better have a backup. Yeah, right. What's oh, the I, know. I know. 
We're going to have to create a word on the show. Like I said, the closest word I came to was synesthesia, but I don't like that one either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think we landed on, like, waterbending, right? Like, that's... that's oh, yes! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> just creating waterbending. Yeah. This is called bending, folks, okay? <laughs> oh, dang, Alex, that's pretty cool. That's pretty... I'm going to think about that. Bending. Yeah. We're, we, we can... We'll pull something from the last Airbender universe for this. <laughs> I want to write that down. That's a good point. Um, Just how much wisdom there. So, <laughs> you know, all right. So, you know, we met, right? And we're talking and we're having a conversation much like this one. And, um, you know, I think I said something along the lines that I, the, usually the way I put it is that I've been down the rabbit hole a few times. And when I said that, you were like, oh, hell yeah, dude, me too. You know, and I feel like we understood that we had both had some experiences that, allowed us to um i don't know get a new perspective on reality is that does that sound accurate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i'm 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 pretty sure that it is i am the product of those experiences and i'm pretty <clears throat> sure that my interest in a lot of this stuff is a result of my perspective that i gained th through some of those experiences and is this resonating so far Man, it is. And I, this is fantastic, Alex. I, I, I love you already because I've had an experiment this year where in every new meeting, I'll try to bring up um, those, you know, bring them altering up. Uh, journeys. And in some ways, whenever I had my, you know, my significant, I had a significant psychedelic experience last year, um, just solo, just seeking, you know, other wow. wisdom. I did find that you were able to think, I was able to think on another reality. We're talking about virtual reality today, which is, I think, another way to achieve that different level of thinking through technology. And then there's other ways to achieve it, as people have been doing for thousands of years through, you know, other other means. Yeah, it is fascinating that I find more and more uh, tech founders in the space. I've had similar journeys as you just mentioned, Alex. That that means like maybe we'll meet in the middle. Maybe they're in the same way that there is the yin and the yang, mm -hmm. multiple paths to the same goal. Is altering, you know. There's, there's, there's um, alternate uh, realities and dimensions that I think some of the best experiences that I've, that I've done in VR are very much inspired by, by psychedelics. If you look at Trip, and Nene is awesome, and she's been, she's been pushing that, uh, the meditation wellness in VR since, like, I don't know, since, like, as long as we have, like, 2015. Mm -hmm. And now they're doing really, really well, just close another round of funding. Um, if, you, if you try the experience, it's so trippy. <laughs> it's <the laughs> but it's fantastic. It does tap into something a little bit deeper and richer than just like a superficial meditation app. Like she understands like the why of like the product. And so, yeah, that's why I come back to like what we're doing in Emerge. It's definitely not touch for touch sake. Funny enough, dudes, our, our Uber driver put this to me the other day. Um, he said, it's after he pitched the company, um, he, he said, that's usually my life now. I'm just pitching emergent Ubers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everywhere I go. Um, he said, it's not about, it sounds like it's not about touching. It's about feeling. And I said, Ooh, oh my God, the wisdom wow. of that's Uber a good driver. slogan right there. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That's wow. a good slogan. Well, and amazing. like you were talking earlier about like the, um, the delusion of words, you know, like when you think about the mm -hmm. word feel like. Like yeah, you, like you said, feel like what does it mean to feel something? You, like <laughs> that's true. You know, like the word feel spans this 
huge landscape. You know, I can feel emotions. I can feel uh, the tension in the room. I can feel with my fingers, you know, like I can feel sick, you know, like there's so many different angles that you can take by, by using that word. And, you know, maybe all of these words will eventually, um, I don't know, maybe get like more specific versions or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? Two, two interesting, uh, uh, thoughts there on language. Language affects so many things, right? It affects how we feel like you know, intention, you know, whatever. Um, touch influences our language in ways we don't really expect as well that you don't really understand and, or realize until you stop and think about them. So we describe people as warm, soft, cold. These are all things that you perceive through touch as the sense right. you, um, describe emotions that we've already described by things like feelings, which is, which is touch base. Your actions will also be influenced by touching ways you don't uh, intend. So there's been a lot of research on like an interviewer sitting in a hard chair versus soft chair. will rate the same resume uh, more strictly or leniently, depending on the type of chair they're sitting wow. in or if their shoes are off and like they're feeling the carpet with their feet. So we played around with a lot of these little, these little nuances like early on when we lived in a house together and we had to pitch from our house, we would like make people take their shoes off when they came in the house, we had a fuzzy carpet, you know, they would feel their feet and you will soften up. You will be more receptive to information. The second funny anecdote um, on language is that uh, some scientists believe on the topic of psychedelics, that language is a manifestation of the fact that people would like eat stuff from the ground back in the day. And Ate some psychedelic, uh, ate some mushrooms, and what is language but synesthesia? You're like making these weird noises with your mouth, and people are like hearing them and then understanding what you Applying mean. Applying meaning is what they're doing. They're giving. Yeah, meaning. that's right. There's this is like this is I love this man. This is so good. We're between realities right now. I am all about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I understand the name. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. This is the name, people. Uh, <laughs> but I've I've one, one, an, an epiphany, I guess you could call it, that I that I've had in my in my psychedelic adventures is the idea, and maybe I read it, I don't know, and therefore I'm capable of understanding it after doing it. It doesn't matter. I'm not claiming ownership of this, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but the idea is that we, as, as perceivers of reality, what our, our like primary goal or thing that we do is, is give meaning to the experiences and to the things that are happening because inherently there is none, right? Like it's the playing out of all of this stuff that has no actual meaning, but by perceiving the reality, we're actually able to inject the meaning into it. Just like with words, you know, you make a sound, but it'll, Inherently, it means nothing, but by perceiving the sound and by giving it meaning, we breathe life and existence into it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I love that. And if you can apply that same filter uh, lens actually to a few different senses, so you applied it through like uh, voice or audio, um, through touch, there's been some really interesting experiments. Like one of our advisors, uh, David Eagleman, um, he has this great TED talk about like the power of touch or something. Um, where he embedded Twitter data and stock market data into his hap- into a haptic vest that he built that had like few, like very low resolution, like twenty different vibration motors, and it vibrated every time something was happening in Twitter or the stock market. Nice, and oh. it's meaningless data. He he didn't understand the meaning of it. It's just like what it's just noise. 
what's crazy is he kept the vest on for like weeks. It's <laughs> amazing researcher. And over time, he was able to learn and ascribe meaning to the different vibrations on what people were talking about at Twitter, how the stock market was doing. Isn't that wild? Wow. That is wild. You can, you can, your brain can rewire meaning relate in relation to touch in as little as 24 hours. Um, one extreme example is like that one where you're able to like parse meaning and information from like large data sets. There's been some other interesting studies where people would like tape their fingers together. Um, and over 24 hours, your, your brain will actually rewire, start to rewire, and you will use that function differently. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting, yeah. the, the rewiring part, right? Because because when you learn new things, you're creating new um, synapses in your brain or whatever those are called, right? I'm not a scientist. Yeah, new pathways. New pathways, right, right, exactly. But when you take psychedelics, you are creating all kinds of new pathways and yeah. parts of your brain are talking together that would never talk together otherwise. Right. So it's almost like you're learning super fast. Oh, you're down, I mean, anyone who's done it knows that you're literally downloading information. And then there's the stone, yeah. there's the stoned ape theory, which is the theory that <laughs> primates over thousands of years continuously ate mushrooms over and over and over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. kept breeding and eating mushrooms over and over and over again, and kept downloading fractal patterns and, and image and just information from the universe and then eventually started creating relationships between everything and that's like where we came from that's cool i've not heard of that theory but i i i can believe um it in a different slightly altered form where the ability when you're on psychedelics to hold vast amounts of information is astounding and i remember reading this this case study of chip designers in silicon valley back in the day before computers they had to like design the chips but it's like a vast amount of information they would take psychedelics and then be able to hold all this information in the day when they were coming off of it be able to design everything they see the grand scheme so i totally see how they could absorb like yeah different types of information and it's more than that too like there's aspects of our experience as humans that separates us from a lot of the other animals out there you know and like there's stuff like um like our like our attributes you know like being brave or like being courageous or you know like that kind of thing like animals exist in fight or flight that's it you know like mm. they, they don't like walk the line and like sit there and have like a decision making <laughs> process about whether or not they should get into this fight you know like they just either go or they're fighting it's like it's instinctual but as i think like we we have all kinds of crazy emotions and things that we deal with you know like i said bravery and like uh courage i think is one of those things where it's like now mm. you like go against that's true against your fight or flight response and be brave right. and do things that is not natural, you know, and that right. I think it's your cognitive ability or your, your intellectual ability that unlocks those aspects of our experience. Yeah. Yes. Some of the big tech giants out there, like Steve jobs, for example, uh, would ask people during the interview if they've had hallucinogenic experiences and if they said no he wouldn't even hire them (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah i mean it's wild i feel like a lot of the big tech people the big thinkers out there um have all have all done this because it's enabled them to think in new ways that they've that they wouldn't have ever that's going to be line one on my resume from now on (laughs) (laughs) has eaten acid That's hilarious. Um, so to bring it back a little bit, there's another thing I wanted to, t- to just throw out there. It's, mm. This is an, an, another anecdote about um, like learning through touch and stuff. I remember hearing about a study where someone wore a belt that would mm. vibrate when they were facing north. 
like when you turn to face oh, north, yeah. boom, so cool. it vibrates, you know? And yeah. after like a week or maybe two, I don't know what the time period was, but a, f- yeah. a short amount of time, um, you can take the belt off and you always yeah. know which direction you're facing. I know, incredible. You like wow. literally learn incredible. a whole new sense by wearing something that provides a haptic experience just when you turn to the north and like there's incredible. north. You keep doing it, there's north, there's north. And you're just like pounding north and south and east and west into your brain and then boom, it's like second nature. It's there. Mm. That's incredible. I do remember hearing that. And um, that is that is why I think that there is a place for you know, wearables in, in uh, like suits and things for different use cases than we're approaching but that's a great one like i would love to actually i want to do that right like i want to do that starting now (laughs) maybe you could send me send me one of your products i would love that um it's a bit on that topic it's amazing like why that is no longer important if you think about the why do you want to know where true north is we used to it used to be very useful yeah and i think we've gotten very far from like nature and like this whole thing called like an ecosystem that we exist in is that and that's interesting uh, yeah this is a good this is good is that necessarily good or or bad do you have like any feelings Mm -hmm. about that i think it's net negative when you forget that you're part of an ecosystem for sure i Mm -hmm. think so i I was actually a marine biologist uh as my first and only job cool so i used to be more of a um conservation naturalist where it's just hey just don't fuck up the just don't mess up the the environment (laughs) and just um leave it alone but i think it's impossible now because there's just so many of us and it's only gonna like go one way like population only increases over time um to where i do think that we have to just evolve together with our ecosystem in fact i heard the best definition of what a person is uh, last week this is also very much in a psychedelic uh, vein of like a philosophy if anyone listens to alan watts that's like the number one oh i love alan here. watts nice guy is next level <laughs> guys this is this is yep. why we get along so well so yep. I, I just discovered him last year as a philosopher but if you read his stuff and or listen to his lecture it's it's phenomenal mm-hmm. um but i love this one lecture where he attempts to uh, he, he he mentions some stories of amongst that try to define what they are like who are you most people try to attempt to describe themselves by their family name which is pretty odd if you think about is that you or their profession that's not you either where they came from you not necessarily biological features either that doesn't make sense and um it ends up being impossible to describe who are you and then i was talking to a neuroscientist yesterday or last week and she mentioned this fascinating um factoid where the medial cortex i think that that part of your brain is activated see if i can get this right the same part is activated when you think about yourself and when you think about others and yourself in relation to others so like it's the same thing and the concept of like separate events are all are all arbitrary we've decided what is the beginning and end of a season or of a, of a time or of a person um and anyway the best definition of a person i heard last week was an ecosystem because we drink things we eat things they exit our body mm-hmm. we exist in, in mm-hmm. a bigger ecosystem but we are you know, a bunch of microbes in our body like the bacterial cell count in our body outnumbers the human cell count yeah. does that mean we're like bacterial sacks <laughs> i mean we're probably uh, an ecosystem well it's really interesting too because like i could cut my leg off and like feed it to a shark and am i still here 
Yep. Yeah. Let's cut off, let's cut off my you. second leg. Am yeah. I still here? Yep. Let's cut off all my limbs. Yep. Am I still here? Yep. Let's like, like, I'm obviously not my body, right? Yeah, or, your or am I my avatar. brain? I'm not yeah. my brain. Like you couldn't like. Just yeah, you're take not just your brain. My brain. True. Yeah. <laughs> so it's obvious that the physicality of this whole thing isn't me, right? Because I can just <clears throat> shed things. I could eat my own finger. You know, like, like, <laughs> it's such a funny point. <laughs> <good point>. You know, <laughs> yeah, your biological avatar does not define who you are. It is not you. It isn't per you. Se. It isn't you. No, it's you know, it's all part of the. It's all kind of part of the ego, which is kind of we <clears throat> we start to pile things on top of each other and and form <clears throat> an identity from things that we like or things that we've been through and things we've experienced, and that becomes us. But. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, kids are so pure, right? Because they, you know, they haven't been corrupted yet and they haven't, you know, it's, oh, it's yes. they're, they're the closest thing that there is to true you know, identity. I actually have a theory and this is my own theory. I will take credit for this one. <laughs> I have a theory that yeah. babies and infants actually um, are like, they understand the nature of reality mm-hmm. or, or they, they are, there's, they have a better understanding of the nature of reality than we do. And yep. it's because they don't speak. I think the second that we learn language, like you were Ooh, saying, we, we, we lose it because our brains become like filing cabinets. And rather mm-hmm. than experiencing mm-hmm. things like, like just at face value, like this is what it is like this. I shouldn't have to say, Oh, this is a mug and it's black and it's got soul Fox gaming's logo on it. Like that's my brain and my, my language putting stuff into a filing cabinet. But if I was a baby and I couldn't speak anything, I would just experience this cup. And it's not the cup. Wow. It's all of reality. So I think like before we learn to speak, we're still so close to the source that like we technically are like existing in a way that is like, I don't know, like we're, we're capable mm-hmm. of connecting with the, the true essence of what this experience is. But once we start to speak and, and learn language, it just, it all just gets wow. erased. You know, there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of people that have voiced the kids, as Kiva mentioned, having a lantern consciousness, like being able to just see everything. But what you mentioned, Alex, I've not heard of that philosophy. That I think that it might be uniquely yours, which is really fascinating because another question that was posed by Alan once was, what is a thing? How do you define a thing? A thing. And you end up, there, a, a thing. What is a thing? It ends up being like the mug. Like how do you, that mug is a thing. What is a thing? And you end up finding the answer is a thing is a noun. It's words. It's grammar that we've ascribed yeah. to that thing called, we call them a, yes. but children, you're yes. right. They just experience it. Yes. And it's, you're hitting the it's, nail on the head more, right now. You're hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is so cool, guys. I love that some of the, the people that just joined in are like, why are we talking about this thing? <laughs> yeah. called? Well, why, no, why no. are we talking about it? Sly? <laughs> why are we talking about it on a VR podcast? Well, it, it's very important. Yeah, it's very important. And as we realize with the, with the show between realities, I think it seeks to to be in another level of thinking. And VR is one of those paths to get us there. Yeah. Um, I'm about to go on a separate tangent. I, I, I feel like it should be a law for any lawmaker to pass a law on someone else that they're not, it's not them. They need to try that experience in VR. Like most of these men that pass these laws on women's bodies they never won't understand i don't but at least they minimally should like go into vr and like be forced to you know give birth mm-hmm. um but before they before right. they, they they come on with their piety but um vr is very important one way to get there psychedelics is another way to get there 
and you know, and another way world. to do it. I mean, and I've, I really think that, yeah, dude, this is, you're hitting the nail on the head and I have expressed this. I've expressed this a million times to be honest, but I'm going to express it every single episode if it comes up, because to me, it really does represent the ultimate potential of VR. You know, like we did hallucinogenics and there's some good things about them, right? Like you download information or if you do LSD, in my opinion, it's like more like lifting the veil. It's like yeah. you now can see clearly. It's, it's taking you know? off yeah, it's life's like, oh, VR headset. It's like, it's, it's always been like it, this. Right? Oh my God, yeah. I can't believe I didn't realize it. You know, like that's mm -hmm. how it feels to me. Yeah. Um, but so true. There's some things about it that suck. Like uh, A, it's illegal, right? B, it takes <laughs> um, a million, it takes like hours. Like you're, you're committing an entire day to this experience and the next day too, because you're not going to work in the morning after having hallucinogenic experience all night. Um, so one time on a, during a hallucinogenic experience, a friend of mine came over who was not into hallucinogenics, who was into martial arts. And he was explaining to me how Kung Fu is a way of doing this. It's a way of connecting with the universe and channeling energy that exists. And it's like he, everything he was saying was just landing perfectly while I was going through this experience. And I'm like, um, yeah, he was like, how about instead of doing this, you just come and walk with me in a circle tomorrow. And I was like, oh my God, okay done and i went and started doing kung fu and that's cool right there's, awesome. things, there's things about it that's so. great you can learn how to defend yourself you get in shape you, you have a spiritual practice that's really what it's all about but that still takes a lot of time and energy like you need to be practicing mm -hmm. twice a week minimum and meditating every yeah. single day and it takes a lot of a lot of energy and effort to do i think the ultimate potential of vr is giving you that feeling of self-realization and waking nice. up just by putting a headset on that's all you do. You put mm -hmm. a headset on and boom, you instantly become present. You are awake. You're waking up. You look down and you see your hands. You're like, there's my hands. Here I am. Whoa. And then maybe just maybe you'll pull the headset off and go, there's my hands here too. You know, like wake up. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Alex, that's unique. Most people I think would say the ultimate meditation of VR would be like teleportation or something. I love that you brought it to like the self. That's pretty cool. It's like a lens almost, well, which it is. It is. A, there's two lenses in there, so it's a, it's a lens for a different purpose. Yeah, lens. Yeah. Here, here we go with semantics of words again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, words. Nouns and <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe someday when we have good enough VR. I think we'll it's, forget we're I in think VR. It's really close, dude. And like, then inside of VR, we'll try to create another VR. Yeah, I think we're scratching at the yeah. surface of it right yeah. now. And, and we that's why are. we're talking about this stuff today, people, because, you know, previously before the, the world of immersive technology, you needed to do Kung Fu for two years, or you needed to do some <laughs> hallucinogenic drug that's illegal yeah. in 98. Or countries. you needed to meditate every day, all day, you know, go to the mountains <laughs> yeah. with the Buddhist monks yeah. and, Renounce you know, everything. lose yourself and, you know, lose your ego and really become one. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the world. So, so who knows? Maybe mm. just maybe VR will do it. Actually, I think it will. I do. Actually, on that on that topic of illegality, I think it's there's a renaissance now, which is great. It's being being decriminalized in, in Oregon, I think this year. Yep. Canada, it's already legal to treat PTSD, which is great with psychedelics. There's this fascinating um, field that I just recently experienced called holotropic breathing, which is inducing yourself into psychedelic state just by breathing. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yep. Because you're, um, you're, be you're able to release DMT into your brain, which is the most, which is the most potent psychedelic that there is that's produced yeah. naturally in your brain all the time. Let that sink in for wild. a minute. 
Well, right? and, you know, you were talking yeah. earlier about like, you know, you just kind of mentioned like, uh, I don't know, this like illusion of us all being separate. Right. And, you know, when you, mm-hmm. when you start to say that, you know, it's like, oh, this is just in your brain and it's like going all the time. Well, it's th- your pineal gland is regulated during sleep and dreaming mm-hmm. and near death experiences. Mm-hmm. Like or it's and when you're regulated. first born. Yeah. When you're first yeah. born and near death experiences, yeah. it'll, it'll release a bunch of crap. Cool. In your brain. That's uh, crazy. So when you're dreaming and it's re- like, that's why you need to sleep because it's like, I mean, I'm not a scientist either. So don't quote me, <laughs> but you're, when you sleep, your pineal gland regulates all of like the dream juice basically. And like feeds you some while like keeping the levels ready or whatever. But if you never sleep and you like, don't get any of that stuff regulated, then it mm-hmm. like starts to just mess with everything, you know, yeah. and people start to yeah. hallucinate and f- lose track of where they are and all of this. But another small reason we, we need to sleep. We did some research into this because we, we almost created a sleep company out of emerge instead of oh. touch. Wow. Fascinating enough. I also, we also don't share this. Um, we were thinking about, could you like eliminate the need for sleep or like significantly reduce it? Cause it, you know, it takes 30% of your life. Mm. Another reason we found that you sleep, not we found, but read some scientist papers is that your brain shrinks like some significant percentage, like five, 10 percentage over at night. And it's, it gets washed. So all this like CSF fluid, cerebral spinal fluid, coats your brain and then like takes out all the plaques and things, which wow. has been one of the causes of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So you're, you're literally brainwashing yourself. Right. <laughs> wow. Brainwashing. I love it. <laughs> and then I go into an experience that feels completely true to life and is absolutely wild. And I'm being like, I'm like being mad at my girlfriend or my Mm -hmm. wife because she's cheating on me, you know, and then like I wake up and I had all of those experiences of like being mad because she did something that surprised me and I didn't like it. But that was all like in my own brain. Like I was capable of like producing a character that surprised me and pissed me off during my sleep and gave me this like true to life experience. And then I wake up and I look over at her and I'm like. How real are you? <laughs> like, how separate from me are you? Like, if I was able yeah. to get mad at you in my uh, dream yeah. five seconds ago, I could get mad at you here right now. It's the same thing. Like, you weren't separate from me while I was dreaming, even though it felt like it. No, it feels like you're separate from me right now, but maybe it's maybe we're not separate in the same way that my dream characters aren't separate. But how could we be separate? If, if we were, if <clears throat> before the Big Bang, if we were all one condensed ball of everything, Right there, it is. There's the thing that is the one thing that exists, and then it explodes, and all of those pieces then start to expand and separate. Are all of those pieces separate things? They were just together. Mm-hmm. How can that be separate? All wow. the energy well, but... cannot be created nor destroyed. So, how can any of that energy that once was be different than what we are now? So, dude, the so well put. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, that we think we're separate entities from each other um, is kind of nuts, right? If I, if I, take, really this bro- nuts, if I take this cup and I smash it on the ground, I mean, do they, does each piece become its own separate entity from then on? Like, you know, I, don't know. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think yeah. eventually if the consciousness that inhabits the cup gets bored enough, yeah. Well, not, not, but not mm. for real. Mm. Like I, like you know so to me like there, here's another theory of mine that like existence is like it's like the yin and the yang right it's the duality mm-hmm. of all of it it's it's breathing in and it's breathing out and i think if we're pushing towards a singularity which is a word by the way two super chats really quick oh duggers k with the five 
pound super chat saying, I love it. I wasn't expecting these subjects today. These are definitely the best shows. Yeah, they are, dude. I knew they were right. going to be good. And Creeper Betty, of course, with the $5 saying, I love this conversation. Highly believe in what you're stating. Gets me so excited. Sadly, I have a meeting. We'll finish right after. Okay. We'll see you soon, Betty. Bye, Th- Betty. Thank you for being here. Um, thank y'all. Very generous. So let's say that we're pushing towards a singularity. Okay. And it's like mm. the singularity is maybe this. I'm going to define it as this point where we stop existing as individuals and, and boom, we become one and experience ourselves as one and we get there and we're all one and we're just vibing. And there's just like the harmonious tone and everything is like basically washed out in white. And it's just this purgatory. And it's just like, here we are at the singularity. <laughs> and then after a while that gets boring, you know, after a while, someone's yeah. like, man, will somebody throw a brick through a window, you know, just like, like smash this thing and, and bring some chaos back to this because <laughs> otherwise we're just bored here. Yeah, so someone picks yeah. up the brick, smashes the glass, it falls to its a million separate pieces. And we say, okay, finally I can be all of these separate pieces again. And I can have conversations with myself again and I can not know things again. And I can experience discomfort mm-hmm. again. And like, I can do all of these things that I thought wasn't what I wanted, but they were actually like all of the colors on the canvas of life, you know, like the singularity mm-hmm. might be great for a minute, but someone's going to throw a brick through that, through that glass, mm-hmm. again, you know, like that's, that's the duality I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you go up, you hit it, you come down and it descends yeah. into chaos yeah. and then yeah. goes back up singularity back down into chaos again. And that's like, without that duality, what is there to experience? You know? Okay. Yeah, I do. I do agree actually, which is interesting because I didn't always agree. I, I thought at some point as a technologist, we would develop technology. We'd always be going, you know, towards this like ultimate vision, but Skiba is just as you put the big bang, love the big bang reference. And Alan Watts says, if it can go bang once it can go bang again. <laughs> so there's no reason that it, yeah. it went bang and then yeah. it can't come back in again. And then go bang again. So yeah. I, I love how you describe the singularity, Alex. I I really like that definition. Not so much the I think the more traditional methods around AI and and whatever and replacing humans uh, or living in harmony. But I think it is more about like the singularity coming back together as one mind. And it'll probably go bang again another time. I mean, if it and doesn't, this quote, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, there's everything you, you, and you nothing all at the same time. I, I, do, I do think you need a con. When I was younger, I thought no, you don't need pain to understand joy. Um, you don't need suffering to understand happiness, but I, although I definitely oh, you realize you, you, you do need you the do. contrast or else the definition is impossible. Um, what was I going to mention on the singular? Oh, Alan Watts. Uh, I lost my train of thought here, but big bang coming back together again. I'll come back to it. I do <laughs> think that one of the, one of the thoughts that, um, a contrarian thought I have is that we will in- inevitably lose our sense of individuality. Just as you mentioned, like it'll be on harmonious tone, mind meld. And, um, oh, I remember my quote now in the same line of thinking as you mentioned. So Kevin Kelly is the co-founding editor of Wired magazine. He's a brilliant guy. I feel like pretty underrated and like people don't reference him enough or read his stuff, but he's predicted like consistently a lot of things over the last like 30, 40 years, including the greater economy. Um, and he said that he would rather live in a dystopia rather than a utopia, which I thought was really interesting. And his reasoning was interesting as well. He said, at least in a dystopia, there's potential. Mm. With the utopia, there's no potential. It's like playing a game with everything unlocked from the beginning, you know? It's like, yeah. And that's, what, and that's why the duality is, is, is important because utopia implies that everything is great. 
that we have no issues that we've just figured it out and everything is harmonious and mm-hmm. it, it, it is beautiful you know mm-hmm. dystopia implies that everything's all broken and it's like when you start playing a game everything's broken like you have to like win you know what i mean like you don't start the game and it's like they roll the credits as soon as you start it you know like you need you need to overcome stuff that's why we're here right to experience that duality yeah. i mean i'm that was a, a broad statement but i'm yeah. you know i'm just reinforcing the last point that i made yeah. no i totally agree it is about game? the experience like in the same way the game would be super boring if you didn't have to solve the puzzle yeah the like music solved. would be really boring if it just like ended like with one big crash or bang as mm-hmm. Alan Watts also mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that the, the thing with the game is, is the perfect uh, way to describe it because you know, like you put in a cheat code, you get all the money, you get your invincible, you have all the weapons. Yep. The game becomes very boring, very fast. Yep. It's literally all about the journey. Literally. It's not mm-hmm. about the ending. It's about the journey. Yep. And you know, it's kind of why, why we're here we got to experience those things that you know that are hard to do in in a game we have to we have to get we have to grind on things and beat bosses that are tough but that's the duality right is that once you're once you've accomplished that then you feel the happiness and you can because because of that duality right. so right yeah yeah this is all really awesome stuff. I want to share another little thing about the Big Bang just because it's relevant and I don't, nice. I don't get to say it often enough. But um, this is an explanation as to how consciousness came to be. And of course, it starts with the Big Bang. And for whatever reason, I can't go behind the Big Bang. I think that the Big Bang implies that we don't have to, right? So right. the Big Bang goes off. That was off. the singularity yeah, before the yes, chaos. Yes, mm-hmm. Big Bang goes off. And it sets off into effect all of these fundamental physical laws that everything in the universe is going to abide by for the rest of time. You know, right up, right off the bat, boom, they go and everything is abiding by these physical laws. You know, this hits this at X speed, it bounces off and, and goes there. And as the universe starts to expand, it, uh, you know, it starts off pretty mild, just like a rock bouncing off of another rock. And there you go. There's, there's your physics. But as it continues to expand, it becomes more complex and starts to manifest itself in like compounds of atoms coming together and creating like heat and fusion and gases and different states and all of this stuff. But everything is still governed by the same fundamental physical laws as they started. So let's fast forward now and the universe gets super super crazy and we start to see all kinds of wild stuff like i don't know life on this planet and your perfectly symmetrical circulatory system or nervous system you know that like is all still abiding by the same initial fundamental laws but it's just gotten really really complex you know even as even when it comes down to like the electrical impulses in your brain it's all still from the same beginning thing reinforcing mm. a little bit what you were talking about mm-hmm. so the universe becomes so advanced that it becomes self-aware it realizes that it's here and it starts to ask mm-hmm. questions like what am i what is this anyway what what is what's going on right now and that's you like you are evidence of the universe becomes self-aware asking itself questions and experiencing itself on from like a subjective level of reality Man, 100% agree. And this is why Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is my favorite book of all time. <laughs> I love the That's the great. wisdom in there and the absurdity and the and the humor. So good. That is a great is, book and a great even a great movie. You know, I don't yeah. know if I've finished it. I've like I think I've put Same. it on it and, I, I, I and passed out like a million times. <laughs> yeah. I, so you're talking about the book though. You're saying yeah. the book is, is yeah, the I, way. yeah, the book's fantastic. Oh, you feel like you haven't finished the book? Oh, you got to read the no, book. No, I've never yeah. read the book. 
I gotta read. It's a it's a quick read. Verse. I wish I could read more. Do you read often, Sly? I try to read often. I read twenty five books last year, but um, through audio. You. Audio is yeah. key, and also yeah. because I'm a poor founder, um, Libby is essential. Okay, this is going to be like the, maybe the greatest life hack here. So Libby, this app is uh, like Audible but free. Oh, what? <laughs> and they have the same books. And how it works is the uh, the public library system in the U.S. It, that's one of their mandates. They give books that you can borrow. And it's a kind of a weird concept because you can borrow books digitally and it's free. You just need to create a digital library card, whatever city you live in. But they're free, completely free. And you, wow. you have to wait. And you like lose access bit. to it. What's that? So you, then you like return it and you lose access to it. Like okay, I'm done. With yeah, it, you actually not only have to return it, but you you're only given it a certain amount of time, like 30 days or something, which actually causes you to read more. Yeah, which I, I, like found. I read I read twice as many books when I when I discovered it. Wow. Um, it's really good. Yeah. Most of my reading is also done by audiobooks, so that's great because audiobooks are super expensive, right? I mean, a They're buck is like yeah. five to ten bucks, and an audiobook is like thirty, forty bucks. With the subscription, yeah, yeah so for real, expensive. for real. So but, yeah, and you know, Libby. when we travel, you know, we I travel a lot, and we drive places a lot, and when I'm in the car for a long period of time, I love, I love audiobooks. That's how I get yeah, most guys. of my reading done. Audiobooks, L I B B Y. Quick yeah, cosplay nice. is here. Says we use Hoopla. And mm. Rezol VR is here with a $5 super chip. And he says, this conversation feels so fourth or maybe even fifth dimension talk. Love it. This is, mm. this is Love it. 10th dimension. We're just sk we're skipping dimensions. <laughs> yeah, trying to understand one of our virtual realities. Um, so uh, before we move away from it, I do want to ask you guys both, because I know you both do audio books. Like, do, do you feel like you could be influenced by the delivery of an audiobook, like of depending course. on who's re like reading oh, it, yeah. like mm -hmm. could they not Absolutely. influence your perspective or your perception of, of the book? The book Absolutely. Absolutely. It can ruin a book and it's a yeah. challenge actually. I've had to train myself to just accept any voice who's reading yeah. it because I really want to read the book, you know? Well, like, so for example, so I read play Ready Player One through an audiobook, uh, voiced Honestly. by... Uh, read by Will Wheaton. Can you say you read that book if you listened to uh, it? Okay, I listened to Ready Player One, <laughs> voiced by Will Wheaton. Yeah, you Wheaton. said you read 25 books. You listened to 25 podcasts, the length of the book. I think podcasts <laughs> is super long. <laughs> yeah. but, so, but so he, so Will Wheaton, during the delivery of this book, acts out the characters, which kind of removes your own interpretation right. of how those characters would sound, how they might act, the tone of their voices, um, all of those things. So it's absolutely changed. But if the right person is, is reading that book, uh, it's a phenomenal experience. Just like Will Wheaton with Ready Player One, it was absolutely amazing. I, so. guess, I guess like reading, like from a page, is that like always gonna be relevant? You know, like reading a story, like, is that always going to be well, something? Well, I don't know. Brain-computer interfacing. Maybe we'll be able exactly. to just download that information in our brain, and all of a sudden, we'll just know. We'll just know these things. 100%. Or like, yeah. Dude, like, but don't, don't you have to imagine those things, like, in real time? To a, like, But in, what's in real time? Extent? I don't know. If you're downloading the information instantly, Dang, you have time? that information. Oh, time is we now gone. There. It's irrelevant. You still know the things, right? 
time. And what is what is knowing? I think eventually we'll get to just mm. like feeling, you know, like feel that book or like what was the point of that? Well, book? maybe There's knowing like is to get to the point where we can feel something from that information. But we just talked about the journey yeah. being the more important it is. part. And so it is. Oh, the reading, dang, the reading, true, the reading of oh, the book man. is important because if I just download, okay, that's good. Thump, 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 wow. thump, thump, and I just dump a bunch of books in, mm -hmm. like, who cares? <laughs> mm. Dang, that's question. true. Yeah. It is about the journey. Yeah. I, I think we might get to a point where you purposely, just like today, we purposely do things very inefficiently for the journey yes. and other things we do very efficiently for the information or for the convenience. Just like meeting in person, when we met in person, it was very inconvenient. We had to like set up a time, we like show up on time and, and use our voices. But that journey was very memorable. Yeah. Um, whereas you might just want to download a chat, like a, like a one-on-one -on -one chat or information from your team, like instantly. Maybe you Which don't care about great. that journey. It would be great to have mm -hmm. the choice. Yeah. Like yeah. some things I get yeah. instantly, other things I go and I experience the grueling hard way because yeah. I get, I get enjoyment out of that. Yeah. It's like less the destination and more the journey. I mean, I feel like I've done that by, I don't play it anymore, but when I was playing world of Warcraft, I played world of Warcraft classic because it's way harder. It takes way longer mm -hmm. and has way less handholding UI stuff. It's just like the games of the future, the world of Warcraft of the future is accessible for millions. The old world of Warcraft, only a handful of people got to the end. And that's the one I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to play the one that takes me forever to hit level how many hours 50 or 60. How many hours are going to take to get to the end? Alex? Oh, well, I mean, you know, I don't play anymore, <laughs> but a lot. A it's lot. like a lot of hours. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it's like working a job if you're playing an MMO and you're you're hooked on it. I'm a little scared now because um I've been playing different games. I I wouldn't say I'm a like a classic gamer, but I've started to get into it, and I I, I purposely don't because I know I like it too much. But I my I let myself get into Elden Ring, and mm. um because my brother suggested that's dangerous. That's that's a game that's all about the journey. It's so, good, so hard. Yeah. It is so hard. <laughs> And it's so good, man. I absolutely stopped what I was doing for two or three weeks to play Elden Ring. Yeah, and I purposely didn't play it because of that reason, because I knew it was going to take forever. I was going to miss out on a bunch of other little things, and I really... And, you know, but if it was a VR so game, I probably you would have been in there. I would have sure. been. I absolutely <laughs> oh, would have. You know, man. and that's why I wanted to play VR. I didn't want to get stuck on a flat game, looking at a monitor, you know, seeing a 2D picture on a, on a squared thing in front of me. It's just not... You know, okay. This doesn't do the same thing. Coming back onto the VR topic, then what mm -hmm. you both have tried our, our demo. Mm -hmm. You know the limitations of our product, and I think the potential of our product better than most people, especially after you know this this great chat. What is a what is a, a demo or experience you would love to see a year from now on top of a Merge Wave One? Like like what would I like to see you do with your product? Or what would you like to you know an experience you would like to have personally? I want everything that was in the memory engine. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to put this thing on my That's wall. That's a catch-all answer. Yeah, I want to put this on my wall, and I want to feel full-body haptics without putting anything on. I want, I want to go into Neos and have someone touch me and feel it without suiting up. I want to get shot by something and feel it without putting on some crazy contraption. You know, I mean, okay, ultimately, either. I want full um full immersion that's what i'm going for full that's body. always what i've been going for full, like, full immersion okay. with everything yep i don't know you know okay. you know what i really want and i know that this is kind of a cop-out maybe it's cop-out answer too but what i want is for the technology <laughs> to to get to whatever point it needs to 
for like everyone else to realize that this stuff is amazing. You know, because mm-hmm. there's I feel oh, like there's a lot wow. of people right now who are not impressed by the current level of a lot of this technology. You know, they try a haptic vest or they try immersion. Like, what the hell is that? Okay, cool, I guess. And they move on with their day. You know, or they put on a VR headset and they're like, that made me sick. And then they kick it to the curb and they don't talk about VR yeah, for the rest of their lives. Good point. I want this tech to get to the point where anyone who tries it sees what we see right now. And they're like, yeah. oh my gosh, well, this changes everything, you know, because that's <laughs> exactly how I felt when I saw all this stuff. And yeah. it, I want to get it to that point. I actually, yeah, that's actually quite a good answer. I think we're all building technology, you know, parallel in parallel together, pushing the industry forward. And, yeah. and if, if people don't give it or, or see, uh, buy in for the potential, then it's, you know, they're never going to buy in or it'll just, the dream will never happen. Yeah. Um, Love both of your answers. Okay, then shorter term. Let's say with the because I think you both asked for ultimate manifestation. Those are mm-hmm. those are your answers. Mm-hmm. What about like six months from now? What I'll, I'll simplify. What's an existing game in VR you would love to see us add our you know our UI and tactility to? Demio, for example, would be a perfect okay. perfect use case application because it's a hand tracking app that isn't requiring you to like have a lot of movement. You know, and I'm and I'm making this. I'm answering based on yeah, the yeah, limitations please. that I know exist with the current version of the Wave One. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Wave One, as it stands, is like I don't know. It's maybe the size of like a large dinner plate. I don't know. Is that how big is it? Yeah, large dinner plate. Yeah, it's about a thirteen-inch MacBook. And yeah. you sit. You're gonna. You know. You're gonna sit uh, in front of a table that the emerges on top of, and you're gonna have your hands over the table and interacting with stuff. And if you pull your hands and all also, the way out to the sides, it doesn't all- work anymore. Right, and if if you remember, also within some range off to the edge, you can feel it within a cone within too. Some, but those regular old people who I'm talking about aren't going to care. They're going to be like, "Well, my hands got here, and I stopped feeling it. What do you mean? No, it doesn't. No, this isn't good. No, you know, like they're not going to be impressed." But playing something like Demio, because Demio is a board game. You know, you're moving a piece on a board game, which is right there in front of you on a table. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that with games that um, don't require you to like move your hands a lot, you know, but are yeah. still very engaging and like mentally stimulating. Uh, I see huge potential. And if you can make this work with a game like Demio to where, I mean, I know Demio needs to have hand tracking first, right? And, yeah, but I see that. I feel course. like that's a, a no brainer. Eventually that has to happen. And you can that's a good one. play a game with hand mm-hmm. tracking, you know, or maybe curious tale of the stolen pets, you know, any of those games that like, don't require you to move a lot, but are still very much engaging, which I know this answer is based on the limitations that I know exist on with the hardware. Um, and I don't know ex- exactly where you guys are going with it, but I do see the potential for games to benefit from the ultra the ultrasonic waves. Yeah. Which by the way, mm-hmm. you know, um, whenever we're ready, but I feel like we should talk a little bit about what's under the hood, right? And just how it actually yeah. it's yeah. working. Yeah. We definitely can. We definitely can. Skiba, do you have a best app that you'd love to see us? This is great research for me, actually, Alex. Um, I'll put that in our, our team's pipeline. Yeah. We know Paul oh, and met Paul um, of Resolution Games last mm, year. He's a great year, guy. Such a good guy. Really, really great really. guy and team. And that whole, yeah, that whole team. Uh, we've Our met so many team. people from Resolution Games, and every one of them we've just had an absolute blast. They are fantastic. Conversing with and chatting with and partying with and, you know, absolutely amazing people that make great games. They know they know how to VR. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, <laughs> for real. Anything that you can see Emerge being good with? I am going to go with social VR applications. Things like, Ooh, like Neos, it. VR Chat, Rec Room, 
you know, dare I say horizon, um, things like that. Uh, you know, I think, I think the power, the power of touch and interactability with objects mm -hmm. inside of social VR, um, is huge. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's where I use my haptics, my B haptic stuff the most, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, so yeah, you would need I, to be like standing in the room of it. Right. Because like, if I want to yeah. reach out and touch your arm, well, sure. Yeah. But you know, this would be, you know, right now, mostly me interacting with objects and holding, grabbing yeah. something or maybe building something and, you know, moving an object or, you know, walking into a room that has water, or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. Um, oh. you know, because there's so many different use cases inside. You of know, what would probably be cool like with that. it is if you, if you coupled it with a room scale experience where like oh. in the corner over there is a thing. And if I like go over there and put my hands over it, then I can feel oh, whatever that thing is. An but then I can walk there. away from yeah. it. You know what I mean? And yeah. then go on to the rest of the room or whatever. Yeah, so like that you guys, yeah, you guys nailed a lot of great points. Like, uh, you mentioned, uh, Demi of some board games were big big fans of board games like even outside of work we played Catan mm. together like every night oh, yeah, Catan. years ago it's like whole um, thing was built around that, Catan right yeah yeah <laughs> that's a really good scheme I love your answer too on social VR um, that sense of presence is more powerful yes in, in those contexts we find as well Emerge Home our, our flagship app is very much a, just a social VR app that that's you just touch yep. in a unique way um, and then the last thing you mentioned oh I really like that yeah the whole mixed reality concept where yeah, that's that's the type of VR I'm, I am most excited about. Where you start to blend. We talk about flow coming in and out to different levels of immersion, different levels of you know, reality. Where you can have you exist in this living room. I can still see my dog, pet my dog. I might have experiences in VR that drift in and out to different levels of immersion. You might have tactility and like some fine-tuned motor uh, requirements, like here in this section. But maybe because of the limitations of our technology this year and next year, you wouldn't have it everywhere. But if there could be value added in between those, you know, those moments. Mm -hmm. So tell me what's under the hood of this thing. Oh yeah. Let's talk about the tech. So we use ultrasound. Sound is a mechanical energy wave. It creates, what that means is a mechanical energy wave means it can impart a pressure or physically change its surroundings or, you know, deform something. If you go to a concert like last night, my wife and I went to the Harry Potter Deathly Hallows in concert. Oh, nice. Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> we could, it was pretty cool. Um, and the symphony played the music along with the movie in, in real time. We could feel those sound waves actually on our body because they like really cranked up the volume. You're able to feel that sound energy in a very diffuse pattern at those frequencies that humans can hear, which is sub you know, 20,000 hertz and below. We use what's called uh, ultrasound, which is higher frequency, 40 to 100 kilohertz range. And we do we use a technique called beam forming. And as actually you can see on the screen right now, we're able to sculpt energy and create uh, pressure waves that are standing. So you feel that pressure wave right when you touch it. And if you're too far below or too far above it, you don't feel anything. Um, right now, it's a little bit fuzzier. The, the lines and 3D geometries that we can create are a little bit fuzzier as well. I don't know if y'all actually got to try the demo with the ball. Yeah, when you put like your hand demo. through the ball. Yeah, there, there was a ball you actually could grab and like rotate uh, it around. I don't know if we had that one I there. I put my it hand was an through AR. a ball, and it's like as my hand passed through it, I could like feel the size of it, you know? like Right, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another demo. It's my favorite demo. We didn't bring, which only which uses Hololens One. That's why because it's like such an old demo that you're able to grab a ball and feel its 3D shape and like rotate it around. Or a cube, actually, we have a demo that's a cube as well. That that one's better for feeling edges. So that's the beauty of beam forming using ultrasound. We can create pressure. We can stop that pressure in space. Whereas if you try to mimic this using air, airflow just dissipates over distance. It just is the strongest of the origin, then it gets weaker over time. Ours is not so. Ours is actually, there's nonlinear properties with ultrasound, meaning within this envelope, that's like, uh, I just have the device. I have the wave one in front of me now. Um, within about three feet above the device, and then off angle, but not, not the massive range, but 120 degree cone off angle of our device, you can actually feel pretty decent uh, tactility that feels relatively uniform. After you exit this optimal envelope, it'll drop off exponentially in terms of sensation. Um, so that's kind of like how the, the core principles of beam forming works um, using sound. One of the benefits, as I mentioned, is you don't have to have a wearable. We can stop the pressure midair. It comes at the cost of not feeling real. You know, it doesn't. It's not. Doesn't feel like you know this hard cap or you know surface or exact texture of my shirt. But we think it's okay because of the questions we're, we're seeking to answer, as we mentioned earlier. And it implies um, things that are happening, which your brain will do a lot of the work on. This is what exactly. That's on. a re- really good point, Alex. Yeah, your brain fills in the gap. So what is our job then? What is the job of the wave one? It's actually not to create the touch environment completely for you. It's actually to give you the right cues to where you have an experience that's extremely emotional. And we've had people, we had many people that have cried like in our demos, which like clean the headsets off. Wow. Um, people that have cried thinking about trying the demo, which is like, mm-hmm. you haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> but they're thinking about um, who they would want to connect to emotionally. So it, I think it, it really is tapping into that desire to connect as humans. And then we enable that touch that is continuously getting better, by the way, through software updates, through over-the-air updates. We're able to improve fidelity. There's going to be an update maybe later this year that will come through and and improve tactile fidelity. And we're also improving the hardware component. We're innovating on the sensor level to increase tactile fidelity too, which is is quite unique. um, What's like your roadmap like as far as like making this thing available to either people or or or, I don't know, companies, or who's going to buy this thing? And do you have any ideas what kind of cost this will have when if someone's trying to pick one up? Yeah, so we, we just completed our beta launch. It's it's closed now. We had a really great response, and we had a pretty limited launch of, of 300 units. So we're really excited about the people that, that came in for that beta. It's now closed, and naturally, since we've started shipping, there's been requests to, from other people that didn't get in on that for more units. We will open up another release. So if there is interest, just go to our website, emerge.io, and just just sign up, literally sign up. That name will go into our list of the next release, and we'll prioritize everyone in that list over um, you know everyone else. Nice. And um, the co- regarding cost, you know, we price this um, as affordable as we, or, or our, our goal is to ultimately get it to as cheap as and affordable as possible because we do want it to be mass market. Literally $100 or $200, oh, wow. you will be able to buy this too um, in a few sweet. years. Nice. Um, for right now, it, it, we shipped it at $500 around for the beta launch. Um, some of the cost reduction will be enabled by some of the innovations we have actually on the hardware site that will drive costs down substantially for us. So we think if we hit that $100, $200 mark, even honestly, maybe $300, $400 mark, we, we saw at our beta launch uh, a lot of demand and 
and willingness to pay a multiple of the VR headset, which is interesting because the VR headset only costs two ninety nine or like one point five times that. But there was there was clearly a demand for it. What was really interesting is that a good number of people bought our device that didn't even have VR. But now this, we were their reason to come into VR, which is very fulfilling for you know for us as a company. Um, that gives us confidence. It's kind of like a validation, I would say. We have the confidence, the validation that, hey, we are building something that's pretty important here in in virtual reality. And maybe, you know, virtual reality, we think as visuals, because we're very visual creatures, like the visual cortex does take a big portion of your brain, but I think the second biggest is actually touch. Um, and so virtual reality also touches a big part of virtual reality. It just hasn't been delivered yet to the masses mm -hmm. so we're hopeful that we can Dude. we're really keen on like bringing people to your other point on like who we're really keen on getting people to give us feedback by the product that are big believers in vr and the space and will want to help us build together because um it's still an early beta there's still broken bugs th broken things in there there's still bugs um but we will build things for our community that they they want to get built um, we don't have an SDK currently. There's just like too much to do, like for a startup. So we had, we had to be really careful for various reasons. We chose to deliver a product that could be usable by day one. So there's like quite a few games you can play. There's a few things you can tweak to customize, and we'll really just listen to our community. So like Alex, you pointed, if you want to like double the range, like you would tell us in Discord, we would actually like factor that into our product development nice. cycle. Right now, we're kind of like a baseline or, or establishing baseline. So for the next year, two years, it's going to be super exciting, we think. Bro, if you can get this thing to between $1 and $200, I think people will pick this up just to mess around with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like if absolutely. this was a three or $400 purchase, which is, I mean, I know it's like double, but if this was a three or $400 purchase, I think people will absolutely pump the brakes before they make a purchase like this mm -hmm. because they'll be like, I don't know how much use am I going to get out of it or, you know, how many, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But for one or two, yeah, people are going to scoop this up just to mess around with it. They'd be yeah. like, "Okay, this looks cool. 150 yeah. bucks, 200 bucks, I can do that." Yeah. It's less than the quality. that's our goal, and we don't need to scale as a company immediately. In fact, we cannot scale immediately. We don't have we don't have the right team. We don't have the, en enough team members to even support you know that many community members. Um, so we're driving towards 100, 200 dollar price point. I think we can hit that by 2025. Nice. Um, in between now and then, it'll be some you know order magnitude. So in the range. we're going to wrap this up pretty soon, but uh, Arcanian has a question for you out of the chat. And I think it's good. This should be a good right. little thing to kind of wrap things up for us. Um, he says, so when technology gets to the point oh. where VR is indistinguishable from reality, do you think that there will be a responsibility to ensure that we can tell the difference? That's a great Man, that's question. a really great question, mm. Arcanian. I've heard variations of the question, but that one's actually quite different than where I thought it was going when I started reading the question. I'll start with um, a few other points because I, I actually need to think about that one a little bit. In terms of responsibilities to our community and, like, say to our children, because, like, one day I, I, I do want to, to have children with my wife, is um, when I think about our responsibilities and we talked about nature and, and forgetting that we exist in this ecosystem, that's dangerous, I think. So in that way, we've been designing our product to where we don't have to meet that threshold where it feels real. Excuse me, your, your request, which is understandable, is for it to feel real, meaning like full body, full immersion to this reality. We're not designing our product, to be honest, to, to hit that goal. Uh, maybe other people would, or maybe we would approach that at some point, but part of our philosophy is that we think there's benefits and probably 
uh, even social benefits of distinguishing the different realities. We, we, I use the word new language of touch a lot. And we mean that quite literally. Like there's a new baseline and expectation of touch in the virtual world, in VR, rather than, rather than the real world. If you entered another reality, you probably have a different expectation of touch entirely as well. If you were on a different planet, for instance, with like different microgravity, you have different expectations as well. So that's how we've been designing our tech. It is a really good point that there probably is an inevitability the point of your, your the topic of singularity where it might become indistinguishable regardless of emerge because other people will build other technology. It might be impossible to distinguish different realities. Do we have responsibility to tell the difference? I was going to ask you all this question earlier of like, do you think it matters to you personally? You know, uh, whether or not we're in base reality. I have Go a ahead, feeling, Alex. I have a feeling that by the time it gets there, we will have a better understanding of the nature of reality and we'll probably be looking at all of this from a complete through a completely new scope. You know, we're like the people in the 1950s who were like imagining the internet like, Oh, one, you know, I, I bring this up all the time. It's like, they looked, they thought of the internet like one day they'll get their weather updates here. <laughs> you know, he can even call you. It's like, they're like, they were, they're so narrow minded on their perspective of what the internet was going to be. And I think as the immersive technology becomes more profound, our understanding of tech of the technology, our understanding of reality, our understanding of perception and all of that stuff is going to be is going to go up as a result of that or as a product of that. Either way, one one both are going to happen at the same time. So I think that we'll prob maybe we'll have a better a better understanding of all of this and that question will almost be like a no brainer. You know, like we'll either absolutely yes or absolutely no. That's a really given what we know when that happens. That's right a really good point. And I like, I like challenging myself to think right, right now with the, the little that we know now, which is why it's such an interesting ethics question. I think I would, I think I would in my current gut and, you know, we're very emotional creatures. We tend to, we tend to lead by emotion and then you rationalize it later. It's like a lot of science around yeah. this too. My gut says yes. I, I think yes. Mine too. Because of the limitations of our biology. Not that we couldn't get there to your point, Alex, where we're able to handle it. I think biology, it evolves much slower than like technology, obviously. So we are biological. We have a biological aspect of our being. As you said, Skip, we're not a biological sack, you know, avatar, but it is a portion of who we are. And I think that because of that linearity, linearness, we probably should yeah, have a responsibility. And you know, one of the things that makes VR so compelling is, in my opinion, this like lack of real world consequences that comes along with the experiences that we're having. You know, like mm -hmm. I can go on a killing spree in VR and like I my consciousness mm -hmm. is clear. You know, like I'm not going to jail. I'm not going to do anything, you know. So let's say it gets to be lifelike, you know, and now I'm going on a killing spree and I know that there's no consequences here. But what if one day I wake up and I forget that I was not in the game anymore? I went on a killing spree and then the police showed up and they arrest me and they give me the chair. You know, it's like, oh, crap, like I messed that up, you know, like I was I, there's not supposed to be consequences. Oh, crap, indeed. You know, that you was a mistake. Crap. What about things like prison, for example? Imagine if you could put a full immersion headset on someone and not tell them that that wasn't oh real. Oh my gosh. How can That's you escape so from a prison that you don't know isn't really there, right? And would you want those people to know that it's not real? Wow. Um, there's a, but, but at the same time- Like the Matrix? Like the Matrix. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> maybe what we're in now. I'm not saying we're 
prison, but we kind of are, right? I mean, in a way, because I don't think this is 100% base reality. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. So I I feel like the consequence, you know, I feel like the the different scenarios would kind of play out on on how that's going to work. We just got to be careful on the mecha corpse, the mega corporations that, because they're not going to want, you know, if, if we don't, if we think it's a game, we might not be as apt to spend the money and do the things and take things as seriously and give the data and you know what I mean? So there's going to be a lot of, of places that will prefer that we don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and you know, another thing too, it's like, and I mentioned this recently, but you know, in my pursuit of mastering dreaming and like trying to become a lucid dreamer, because to mm-hmm. me that is indistinguishable nice. from reality. Cool. Mm-hmm. When you're dreaming something, it is indistinguishable from a real life experience yep. while you're dreaming. When you wake up, you're like, Oh no, that was different. But while you're there, it feels yep. real. So yep. in my, in my pursuit of trying to master that, I realized that even though I knew that I was becoming conscious in a consequence free environment, I was still not able to detach who I was and the kind of behavior that I would naturally have from who I was in that dream because I'm still me wow. either way. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I'm still yeah. me across the it's board. True. So regardless of which reality it's in, regardless of whether or not I know it's real, I'm still going to be me for the most part, you know? That's yeah. such a good point. And um, the last thing I'll say, and I apologize, I do have to run, but this has been mm-hmm. fantastic. We, we should continue this guy's over dinner sometime in the real world. Yes, Absolutely. Um, that, say no more. Absolutely. That's happening. <laughs> yep. The last thing I'll say on this, because this is between realities, is I've come to think or believe this is not based reality, and it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. That mm-hmm. is, I agree You're with right. you there. You're right. I don't think it matters. I used to think it matters. I, I don't think it does. It doesn't to me anymore. And for me, it's the mm. same with free will. Like I've, I've convinced myself that free will is an illusion and that everything is the playing out of, of inevitabilities. Um, but I don't think it matters. A lot of people think it matters. They feel like they lose agency yeah. when they realize that free will is an illusion, but to the experience, it's the same. So mm-hmm. Aloha, yeah, bro. Same. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha and mahalo, guys. This has been fantastic. Aloha, mahalo. Really enjoy this. Slyly from Emerge, you are out of here, dude. Thank you so much for joining us. This was everything I thought it could be. Absolutely, dude. Thank you for coming. Oh well. Likewise, guys. Have a great weekend. Stay All in right. touch. You too, bud. See you later. See Say goodbye to Sly, everybody. Bye. Boom. And just like that, he has been ejected from our show and mm-hmm. uh, will never be seen again. And uh, <laughs> hey, everyone, thank you so much. For joining us for this episode this was a between realities episodes through and through i had a feeling this was going to happen with sly oh yeah when we when we talked to him at gdc we were like mm, you're coming on the show yep you're coming on the show yep. i i loved that i feel i did too man i feel like my brain got like a nice massage you know <laughs> it feels good absolutely and for the people that want us to stick more with a little bit more vr centric stuff tune in next week because we will have uh, I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, Bano or Benoi? Ben- um, Benoi? Bano of Cloudhead Games, and we'll be talking about is it some pistol Benoit? whip. I'm not sure. Benoit, but uh, but he'll be here and he'll tell us how to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got. So. And, and, and what does Benoit do at Cloudhead? Uh, he is a uh, developer for Pistol Whip. Sweet. 
Yeah. Got a, a pistol whip developer flying yeah. in. It's obvious that I didn't book this guest, right? People, I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> What's going to happen? But Cloudhead Gaming being one of my favorite studios. I love Pistol Whip. I am a huge fan of this game, uh, of how physical it makes you and how much of a badass it makes you feel like, right? I mean, you don't feel, you can't possibly feel much more like Neo or or like um, uh, John, John Wick. Wick or something than you can when you're playing, um, you know. And I just love the, the like so. the music and the rhythm so aspect of it. All like, of it's so good. I love rhythm games like VR yeah. and music when they combine. Yeah, it's so mm, good. It's so it good. So good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So listen up, chat. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you for your contributions in the live chat today. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to a lot of it, and I know a lot of you signed off. You were like, "Hey, I got to go. I'll catch the rest of this later." I see every single one of those and I appreciate you mm -hmm. for letting us know that you're leaving too. It's like, mm -hmm. nice. It's like you're here, you say hello and you leave, you say goodbye. And we know now that you're no longer there and believe it or not, that actually matters to me. And I think Absolutely. it matters to Skiva as well. So We're thank here you for, you for guys. being here and communicating mm -hmm. with us and, and, and chatting with us. Uh, yep all the time dream tango and tribe gray wolf what's up tribe to vr spry guys sliding in here for the end mm -hmm. good to see you tom that's flesh up. eater gaming mm -hmm. in the house uh dark angel duggers k uh arcanian of course with the with the question at the end eric hartley thanks for watching this dude really appreciate you man he's going to see the matrix with the live symphony score wow that's nice rad. that's sick that sounds Wicked cool rad yeah um mepper and uh creeper betty and laszlo 216 we see you there there, dude um with uh laszlo with oh dude laszlo super chatted <gasps> oh i didn't even notice it dude laszlo super chatted earlier and says isn't the struggle necessary for the satisfactory release of dmt i think he was talking about the duality of mm. all of it and I, yeah i think mm -hmm. you're probably right dude mm -hmm. it's frankly i got enough duality just the anxiety that i experienced thinking about doing that <laughs> like there's there's the duality right there i'm gonna be freaking out up until the moment when that happens which i think will probably happen one day you know like but dmt you're yeah. constantly on dmt well, no, your brain produces it you're i on mean it for real the time you mean taking more than your body should, would normally produce? I mean, by for itself. real, when it's completely yeah. legal and I'm not doing anything. Of course, wrong. of course. How I only do legal things. You, you, you said once though that um, you know if you were able to take that headset off, maybe it's not a good idea because the game is then different when yeah. you know it's just a game. So you know, it's interesting. Um, it's scary yeah. as hell is what it, it is. is. It is. And there's the duality. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like it's for scary. Yep. So there's, uh, it's definitely a struggle for me. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap um, it. You guys have been fantastic again. Thank you for allowing us to d dive deep today and just talk about a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, mind jive. It really was a mind jive, man. You set the precedence right next week with Cloudhead games. Yep. Um, anything else? I think that's it. Love you guys. Love you and guys. Bring on the weekend. Bring on the weekend. Maybe population one tonight. Join our discord. Heck Come yeah. and see us for some games. I don't know. Have a great week. We will see you next week with cloud Good games. Bye. 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 <laughs>